All right. Well, good evening again, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. Uh, thank you all for being here. If you're here in person, and thank you for watching if you're tuning in online. If this is your first time watching or your first time here, uh, my name is Wade, and we're glad to have you. Uh, let me go ahead and pray for us, and we'll get right into tonight's message. Father, thank you for another opportunity, God, to get up here and share what you've laid on my heart this week. I just pray, Father, for every heart that's here, every heart that's watching online, that you would just open our hearts and minds, Lord, to to receive what it is you, you're saying to us tonight. And I pray that you'll help us to understand it. I pray that you'll help me to be able to present it in a way that people can understand it, God. And uh, I pray that you'll help us not only understand it, but you'll help us to remember it, Father, and uh, apply these things in our lives so that we can bear the fruit you want us to bear. And God, I just pray for all the others that are sick that couldn't be here and for the ones that are traveling. I just pray that you would uh, bring them healing, Father, and I pray that you would keep them safe as they travel. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about direction, uh, you know, and how important that is. You know, if you take a look at your life and it's not, not the way you want it to be or the way it should be uh, right now, unless you change something, it's not going to get better, you know, without stopping like we've been talking about and uh, just taking a good look at your life and realizing that there's a problem and identifying what that problem is and then dealing with the problem, then nothing's going to change and nothing's going to get better. And uh, we talked last week about if things just aren't working out, then we need to find out why. We need to go to God and ask him to reveal to us, you know, why are things not working out? And when we do that, God is faithful. He will. <clears throat> he'll put his finger right on whatever it is, and he'll show you, you know, this is why. This is what you need to change. But we have to we have to believe God before we're going to change anything. We have to trust God when he tells us that this is wrong when the world, even though the world says it's not wrong. We talked a lot about that last week. When the world says something is totally acceptable and there's nothing wrong with it, that don't mean that it's okay with God. And uh, I believe that's why a lot of us are struggling through life because we're living life the only way we know how, and that's the way the world has taught us to live independently of God. And, uh, you know, when we live like that, we're relying on ourselves to take care of ourselves. Uh, and that's where we're getting all of our beliefs and our morals from, is from the world instead of from God. And uh, like I said last week, most people are not trying to rebel against God. They just don't know another way. They're just trying to survive because that's the only, only way they've ever lived. That's the only thing they know. It's not that they're against God. That's just the only way that they know how to live. Live. So when we come to God and he tells us these things, you know, this is what you need to change, then we have to trust him and we have to believe him. Uh, you know, we talked about this last week too. Change is not easy. The enemy don't want you to change. He wants to destroy you. That's the only plan he has for you is to steal and kill and destroy you and the world don't want you to change either uh we talked about that last week they're getting filthy rich off of you uh off of your misery 
And they act like they care about you, but they don't. And uh, like I've been saying, most of the time, we don't want to change either uh, because this is the only way I know. And I'm not willing to make a change for a God that I don't know or make a change for a God that I don't trust. And that's where change has to begin is by faith. You know, we have to trust God in faith and stop trying to figure out everything on our own. You know, we share these verses all the time, and I think we shared them last week too in Proverbs chapter 3. This is what change looks like. You know, even if we don't know God, even if uh, we don't trust God, we have to, by faith, start trusting Him. And when He says, this is what needs to change, then, you know, these were my life verses for a long time when I was making changes in my life. But in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Uh, you know, that's easy to read, and it's easy to quote. They're easy to remember, and it is easy to read and easy to quote, but it's hard to do if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't trust God, if you don't believe the changes that He's trying to get you to make are for your good. Uh, so it's all about having a relationship with Him. And if you don't trust God, and if you missed the last two weeks, I'd encourage you to go back and check those out. Uh, you can get them on Facebook or YouTube or Podbean. But tonight's message, I hope, will help you to develop trust in God. And I hope it helps you to see how much He loves you and that everything He's done is for us. It's for you and for me. And like I said last week, you know, I don't care what kind of lifestyle you're living. I don't care what kind of habits you have. I don't care what you've done or not done, what you think about yourself or what other people think about you. You do have a God, and He loves you. And uh, everything you see and everything you have ever experienced was created for you and for me. And I'll show you in tonight's message what I mean about that. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, if we go all the way back to the beginning, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You know, in the beginning. The beginning of what? You know, whose beginning? It wasn't God's beginning. God has always been. And uh, it wasn't our beginning. It was the beginning of God's creation. And He created what He created for us. Uh, God didn't create it so He would have a bigger kingdom. God has always had a kingdom. It's always existed and it always will exist. Sunday night, I was at home, and I was writing some letters, and I finally got done writing my letters around 11.30, I guess, so I got in bed probably around 12 o'clock, and as soon as I laid down and got in bed, God started showing me some things, and uh, I was like, really? I just got in bed, but it, it was good stuff, so I got up, and I started writing it down, and that's what I want to share with you tonight. Uh, like I just said, God has always been, and His kingdom has always been. As far back in eternity, you know, as you want to go, or as far forward into eternity as you want to go, God has always been there, and He will always be there. So when it said, in the beginning, that had nothing to do with the kingdom of God. He created a space for us. Uh, he created time 
for us. God's not in time. He is outside of time. Uh, time don't have any control over God. He just is. He created time for us. Uh, if we go a little further in Genesis and read verses 2 through 5, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So God, everything God created was for us. You know, if we go on in Genesis, well, you know, he created all the trees and the flowers and the animals and the fish and all that stuff. He created a place for us. He created time for us where we could learn about him through his creation and choose to be with him. You know, we like to think about our salvation plan that it began with Adam and Eve when they sinned in the garden. But that's not the case. Our salvation plan started long before that. It began before the earth was ever created. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. When Satan rebelled against God, the Bible says that there was war in heaven. Uh, and I'll read that to you. I always tell you I don't want you to take my word for it. I want to show it to you in Scripture. But in Revelation 12, verses 7 through 9, it said, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Uh, most people believe that one-third of the angels followed Satan. And I'm not here to debate that. You know, it could have been a third of the angels. I don't know. But uh, God had to kick Satan out of heaven because he can't have sin in heaven. You know, we can't have sin in the presence of God. And uh, when Satan did what he did, God kicked him out of heaven. And uh, he wanted to create a space and time so we could not only learn about him, so that we could also learn about our enemy. And I'll explain that a little bit more. We like to think, uh, you know, it'd be easy for us to spot the difference between God and Satan. You know, we think that's just common sense. It'd be easy to spot the devil and tell the difference between him and God. But if you've never seen evil, if you've never been around evil, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any idea what you're looking for. You'd be misled. Uh, you wouldn't know. Like Pastor Josh talked about on Sunday, that's what misled means is you just, you don't know. And that's how Eve was so easily deceived. She had never heard a lie before. She didn't have to worry about being deceived. They were in the Garden of Eden in the presence of God. You know, why would they think about a lie? You know, a lie didn't even exist until then. 
uh, you wouldn't even know what a lie was. You know, it says in Jeremiah, going back to, you know, our salvation plan was formed before creation. In Jeremiah 1, 5, it says, Before I formed you in, your, in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained, ordained you a prophet unto the nation. Before we're ever born, God knows us. Our spirits are with God. And when we're born here, we're born alive in our bodies and our souls. But because of the sin that happened in the Garden of Eden, we're born on this earth spiritually dead with a sin nature. Uh, Paul talks about that in Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 5. It says, And you has he quickened or brought to life. That's what that word quickened means. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. And verse 5 pretty much says the same thing. Even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us or brought us to life together with Christ. By grace are you saved. God loves us, and his creation is for us. He gave us a space that we live in so we can understand the difference between good and evil. You know, everything we experience here is so we can learn from it and understand it. Uh, like time. Can you imagine a world without time? It would be just utter chaos. There would be no way to organize it at all. Uh, he made time for us so we could have some structure in our lives. And all the different things that we look at in God's principles, you know, seed time and harvest, the different seasons, how it feels to be young, how it feels to be old, we learn from those things. You know, when we're, when we're young, we know we think we're going to live forever. But the older we get, we realize that that's not the case. You know, the closer we, the older we get and the closer we get to the end of our lives, the more we think about our need for a God, our need for a Savior. It's the same with seed time and harvest. That teaches us patience. You know, things don't just happen instantly. We have to wait. We have to, it requires patience. And uh, if we really look at creation and uh, try to learn from those things, we start seeing the characteristics of God. You know, love, joy, peace, all those things are fruits of the Spirit. They're attributes of God. And uh, that's how we can learn about the character of God, so that we can compare it to the character of the enemy. Uh, just like the principle of reaping and sowing, we read all the time in Galatians 6, in verse 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And uh, that's not new, you know, that's not just a New Testament thing, that's all the way from the beginning. God, through his creation, has been showing us that uh, from the beginning of creation. If we go back to Genesis chapter 1, in verses 11 and 12, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the, the part I want to focus on the most in those verses is after his kind. 
you know, when you plant an apple seed, you get apples. You know, you don't get watermelons or tomatoes. And when you plant beans, you get beans. You know, that's not just so that we'll have beans and apples to eat. That's so that we can learn from that. You know, that in my life, whatever I sow, that's what I'm going to produce. You know, if I'm kind, I'm going to produce kindness. If I love people, I'm going to produce love. And uh, this is where we start seeing the difference between the enemy and God. But if I hate people, uh, you know, what's that old saying? Hate breeds what? Hate breeds hate. Uh, you know, like we started out talking about in this message for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about direction. And our main direction should be towards the kingdom of God. And we should be sowing things in our lives that point us in that direction. And I hear people talking all the time, why does God allow bad things in our lives? And I think one of the biggest things that God created this space for us, the time that we live in right now, and the all the bad things that we go through is so that we can learn from them, so we can see the results of bad things. How would you know that bad things are harmful unless you saw them, the results of them? Uh, how would you be afraid of a murder if you've never heard of it or if you've never seen the results of one? How would you know that being healthy if you've never been sick? You wouldn't know what healthy was without being sick and if you've never been lied to then like I said you wouldn't know what a lie was but if you have been lied to then you'll think about what it would do to somebody else if you lie to them we learn from bad things and I think that's one reason God allows them so that we will learn from them because we've seen the results of them and we know that that did not come from God is to keep us from repeating those things ourselves so we can choose to follow him or follow that sin nature that we're born with. You know, God don't want another revolt in heaven. He wants us to choose life over death. And the space that he's given us is a place to do just that. You know, he wants us to choose love over hate. One of my favorite verses, and I shared it with you a couple of weeks ago, I think, and uh, I told you my uncle used to hand this out on his business cards. But in Romans 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And a good way to judge what is from God and what is not is what are you producing in your life that will enter the kingdom of God. You know, we talked a little bit about this last night in Celebrate Restoration. <coughs> We're all producing something but what kind of fruit are you bringing forth in your life? You know, or is it eternal things? Or are you just worried about getting things that you can enjoy while you're here on this earth? You know, are you just storing up treasures for yourself on this earth? Uh, the Bible says to store for yourself treasures in heaven where rust, or rust and moth don't come in and, and corrupt it. But what are you producing in your life that will enter the kingdom of God? Uh, some examples of that is if you're producing a hate in your life, hate will not be in the kingdom of God. Judgment will not be in the kingdom of God. Unforgiveness will not be in the kingdom of God. And lust will not be there either. And if we're producing those sort of things, then we need to ask ourselves the question, or am I going to be there? 
because if that's the direction that I'm going and I notice these things in my life, this is what I'm producing, then I need to change my direction because those are not godly things. Those are not attributes of God. Those are attributes of our enemy. We're actually following him, and if we continue to follow him to the end of our lives, then we will spend eternity with him instead of with God. You know, and pride, pride will definitely not be there. That was Satan's original sin. That's what got him kicked out of heaven. It's all through the Bible. He was the worship leader in heaven, and he wanted the glory for himself. He wanted people to worship him instead of God. And uh, so that's why good and bad things happen. God wants us to choose him, and he wants us to know all good things come from him. Life comes from him, and love comes from him. In James chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And everything that's opposite of God comes from our enemy. God is light. You know, the enemy is darkness. God is love. Our enemy is hate. Everything that God is, Satan isn't. And that's what the world wants us to gravitate towards. You know, we read the verse last week that said the God of this world, which is Satan, has blinded the minds of people so they won't come to the won't come to the truth of the gospel and be saved. And uh, going back to being misled. You know, God lets us experience good and bad so we can see the results of it, so we'll choose him over the enemy. And if we go back to the principle of reaping and sowing, if apple trees are bringing forth apple trees and beans are bringing forth beans, then what should we be bringing forth? If we go back to Genesis 1 again in verses 26 and 28, we'll get the answer for that. <coughs> and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So God told us to be fruitful and multiply. And this was before the fall, before the fall, before Adam and Eve sinned. So what were we supposed to, uh, what kind of fruit were we supposed to produce? We were made in the image of God. So if we reproduced, we're going to reproduce the image of God. But after sin, like I said, we're all born with a sin nature. So we can we have a choice while we're here. We can choose to stay in that sin nature, or we can choose to surrender our lives to Christ and receive our new nature and be born again, and we can still be fruitful and multiply the image of God like we're like we were originally intended to do. We're supposed to produce the image of God. And once we've been saved, we should be sharing the truth of God's salvation with others. Others need to know the truth. 
that we are not born saved. We are not born alive spiritually. We are born dead spiritually, and uh, we're just reproducing that sin nature until we surrender our lives to God. And like we said earlier, God's kingdom never ends. It goes on forever. And every baby that is born should be expanding that kingdom. But babies don't find it on their own. They need somebody to raise them and teach them about God, teach them that God loves them, and tell them that they need a Savior. But sadly, that's not the case. Uh, there's people dying by the hundreds of thousands every day without Christ. And we, as the church, have got to tell others about Christ. We have to tell them about salvation. You know, we don't naturally come to God. We have to tell others, just like someone told us. Uh, just like God created a time and a space for us to learn about and to choose Him, one day that time's going to be over, and the kingdom of God will still go on. But time will not. And uh, I know... I know right now there's a lot of people talking about the return of Jesus, especially with the fighting going on in Israel and all those things. They're talking about prophecy. Jesus is coming back, and uh, he is coming back. There's no doubt about that. Jesus is coming back, but we don't know when. But the truth is that people are dying every day right now, whether Jesus comes back or not. Today is the day of salvation. Uh, they're either meeting, if somebody dies today, they're eating meat. They're either meeting Jesus today or they're entering into an eternity without him. And that's right now. Everybody's waiting on Jesus to come back, but life and death are happening in real time right now, every day. And uh, I think we've got a, a messed up mindset on that. Ever since Satan was kicked out of heaven until today, you know, the battle for the souls of mankind has been going on. And like I said, I think a lot of people have the wrong idea that when Jesus does come back, that everything's going to be okay and that the lost are going to see him and then they're going to get saved and everybody's going to go to heaven and it'll be all right. And that's, that's not the case. That's what the enemy wants you to think. That's what this world wants you to think. They think you can live the way you want to live up until Jesus gets here and then we got to get right with God. And that's not what God's Word says at all. Right now is that space that I've been telling you about that God has provided for us to make a choice to either be with Him or choose to go along with the world and go along with the enemy. And just like we talked earlier about Eve, she was so easily deceived because she had never heard a lie. She had never seen evil before. God has allowed us to see what evil does. And he's given us an opportunity to choose life over death and receive Christ as our Savior. Everybody on the planet, we read this verse every week in Romans 10, 13, and we'll read it again here in a little while. But whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is our time to get saved. It's our time to help others get saved. When time is over, time is over. And... Uh, you know, that's why the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 8, it says, Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time have I heard you, and in a day of salvation have I helped you, and I will preserve you and give you for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, 
to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. That's saying you're in the acceptable time right now. And it says it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, For he says, I have heard you in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. This is the space from the beginning of time to the end of time, which is coming. That is the space that God created for us to make that choice. And we can't wait till Christ gets here to make it. It'll be too late then. Uh, like I keep saying, just like God began time for us, one day it's going to end. And when Jesus comes back, time is going to be over. Uh, and your lost loved ones will not get saved then. And you won't be able to make changes then either. Uh, the Bible says whatever state that we're in when Christ does return, that's what state we're going to remain in. In Revelation chapter 22, verses 11 and 12, it says, and this is talking about the return of Christ when he shows up. It says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. You know, verses like that should wake us up. You know, I need to seriously every day take a look at my life. And if Christ was to come back today, am I okay? Am I in Christ the way I should be? Is he really my savior, or am I just acting like it and living living life on my own <coughs> my own terms? You know, if we back up just a little bit in Revelation twenty one and verse twenty seven, it says, "And there shall and it's talking about the kingdom of God, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither whatsoever works abomination or makes a lie." but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? And I hope it is. And what about the other people in your life? Is their name written in the Lamb's book of life? And if not, have you told them about it? Have you told them about the salvation of God and the danger that they're in? It's like we have such a hard time sharing Christ with anybody. I don't know why it is. I mean, it's, it is a spiritual war. It's not easy to share Christ with others. It's not easy to even start a conversation about it because that's just hard to do in this world because it's a spiritual battle. But if we don't tell people about the danger they're in without Christ, they're not going to come to that conclusion on their own. We have to tell them. Uh, I hear people all the time saying, I wish Jesus would hurry up and come back, you know. I really don't, I agree, I, I want to see Jesus too, but I don't really like hearing that. And the reason I don't like hearing that is because, I, like I keep saying, when he gets here, time is going to be up. There will be, it will not be the accepted time anymore that we just read about. Uh, I want to see Jesus just as bad as anybody, and I'm ready for all this suffering to be over too. But then I think about all the billions of people all over the world that don't know him. All the billions of people all over the world that are not saved. 
they're deceived. They're misled. They have no idea that they even need a Savior. And uh, not just random people all over the world. There's people that I know, people that I love, that I know don't know Jesus. And some of them are this close to him, but they just will not surrender. You know, this life is hard, but I would rather live a hard life, even if I live to be 150 and have to suffer through every day of it, than to think about anybody going to hell. I would not wish that on anybody. Uh, you know, this life is hard, but don't let our problems distract us from people need to be saved. Uh, if you're not saved, don't let your problems keep you from being saved. And then God, once you are saved, will help you with your problems. A lot of people that I know, that the ones I was talking about that won't surrender their lives to Christ, they're like, well, I'm going through this. As soon as I get done with this, then I'll, I can come to God. We can't fix things ourselves. We can't fix our lives ourselves. We can't fix our problems ourselves. We need God's help. And uh, if we would just surrender our lives to Christ, God helped us with our problems. He proved that true in my life. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And my hope is that this message will help you see that things reproduce after their own kind. And that's why we experience bad and good. So we'll know the difference. And we can watch the fruit that our lives is producing. Uh, you know, take a good look at the world. What is producing good things? What is producing godly things? It's food, you know, food pantries, programs that are helping people, homeless shelters, you know, things that are showing the characteristics of God, things that are producing uh, new life, things that are producing love and joy and peace and patience, all those fruits of the Spirit that are in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. That is the characteristics of God himself. And those are the kind of things that we need to be involved in. Those are the things that we need to be a part of. So it'll bring glory to God and help other people get to the point where they do trust God. And they'll make the changes that they need to make. And that they will believe that God loved them and he's not against them. But, you know, we can look at the world and we, we can find those good things. And we can be a part of them. But we can also look at the world and see that all these things that are popular, that are destroying people. We talked a little bit about them last week. Uh, you know, what society says is so acceptable. And not only acceptable, they encourage it. You know, what are they producing? They're producing anger. They're producing confusion. I feel so sorry for the young people in this generation. Uh, boys and girls don't even know if they're boys and girls. And I, I feel so bad for them. Those are the kind of things that the enemy is producing in this world to lead them away from God. Uh, envy and greed. The world tells you, get all you can get. Take care of number one. And who cares about anybody else? Uh, there was a question that came up at the end of Celebrate Restoration last night when we were talking in small groups. And uh, this is a good way to, to judge the fruit in your life, too. You know, when you are standing before Jesus, what will you have with you that you can show him? Uh, there's nothing this world has to offer that you can take with you. You can't show Jesus all your money when you're standing before him. You can't show him your possessions. The Bible is very clear 
that this earth and the elements and everything in it is going to burn up. And the, the only thing left is going to be us standing naked in our spirit before God. And uh, that is a very sobering realization. You know, is he my Savior or is he not? Because when the time comes or when time ends and we are standing before Jesus, whether he came back or we just passed on before he came back, either way, we are going to stand before him one day. And uh, that'll be the only thing that matters. Is my name in the Lamb's Book of Life or is it not? So we need to stop complaining about the world. We need to start learning from the world and realize, hey, this is not producing godly results, so I'm not going to be part of that. This is producing eternal godly results, so these are the things that I need to be a part of. And we can choose to live for God, even in this sinful world, or we can choose to go along with the world. So let's stop complaining about the world and learn from it. Like I said, God lets us experience bad things so we can learn from them and uh, not be part of those bad things. And uh, let's recognize that the good things are of God and they're producing good fruit and we, we do need to be part of those things. And just like we need to stop complaining about the world but learn from it, we need to stop complaining about the people in the world too and realize why people are the way they are. And I need to realize myself that I used to be like that too before Christ. And we don't need to be saved so we can become self-righteous. We need to be saved and then turn around and say, hey, they need help too. They need the exact same thing that I needed. They need a Savior. They need Jesus. They need to know there is a better way that leads to life instead of death. So we need to stop complaining about the world and we need to stop complaining about the people in the world and start seeing them the way that God sees them, lost, in need of a Savior. And we need to give them the same opportunity that God gave us and let them know, like I said at the beginning, it don't matter what kind of lifestyle you're living, what you're doing even today. God loves you, and there is a Savior for you. And like we keep talking about Jesus is coming back and if anybody is going to get saved it has to be now it can't be when he gets here it has to be before I don't know if y'all watch much TV but those uh, there's a lot of things going on now you can buy like insurance things for your car uh, I can't even remember the name of one of them endurance I think is is one of them but if your car breaks down then you You've got this coverage for your car, and it'll fix it. But it says you have to file for it before you're in an accident. It's the same with us. We have to accept Christ before he returns, because when he gets here, it's going to be too late. Today is the day of salvation. And like I keep saying, even if he don't come in our lifetime, we're not guaranteed tomorrow and when he comes back or we go to meet him first, it's too late to change then and it's too late to get saved then. And uh, I want to share this verse with you before we closed and it goes right along with what we've been talking about tonight. In Hebrews 12 and verse 28, <coughs> it says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace. We talked about this verse just a few weeks ago. 
whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. If you are saved, if I'm saved, then we already belong to the kingdom of God. We already have a kingdom that cannot be moved from eternity to eternity. You are safe. I am safe. But other people are not safe. So let's have grace, like that verse says. Let's extend the grace. Let's forgive. Let's share the gospel with them. And let's serve God acceptably by producing fruit after his kind in his image. You know, like I said a while ago, we're all producing fruit. But what are you producing? Are you producing godly fruit or worldly fruit or selfish fruit? You know, it, we're all producing some kind of fruit. We're not just going through life without making any waves. We all make waves. You know, so what are you producing? Love or hate? Life or death? Light or darkness? Uh, you know, take a good look at the world in that point of view and be honest with yourself. You know, who am I following? What direction am I really heading? Am I heading towards God's kingdom or am I heading towards the world? Am I just flowing right along with, with everything else that's going on? And if that's the case, then you do need a new direction because this world is going to pass away and uh, we don't need to pass away with it. That's why God gave us this time so that we can see all these bad things and see his goodness in it and choose him, and choose life over death. This world is going to pass away, and if that's all we live for is this world and what this world has to offer, then in the end, we will pass away with it. And I hope that everybody here has surrendered your life to Christ. I hope everybody that's watching online has surrendered your life to Christ. But if you haven't, I always like to give you that opportunity at the end of the, end of the message and it's real simple. All you have to do is acknowledge you need a Savior. If you've never trusted God, if you've never had a relationship with God, that don't matter. No matter what kind of life you've led, no matter what you've done, all you have to do is cry out to God and say, I see my need for you, and I, I need you to save me. And he'll meet you right where you are. <clears throat> all you got to do is tell God, I know I'm a sinner, and I want you to, to come into my heart and save me. And if you do that, he will meet you right where you are, and he will save you. And I always like to give you these scriptures uh, for that. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If today you have decided to give your heart to God and you realize that you needed a Savior, the Bible says tell somebody that. Uh, say it out loud and tell somebody, I gave my, my heart and my life to Jesus today. I surrender my life to Christ. And the Bible says with that confession, uh, you receive your salvation. You are saved. And here's Romans 10, 13. I was talking about a while ago. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It don't matter what you've done in the past. Uh, like we've been talking about during this message, ever since Adam and Eve sinned, we are born with a sin nature. So somebody that you think is living a good life is just as much a sinner as you if you think you've lived a horrible life. It's, it's all the same in God's eyes. We all need a Savior. 
So don't let anybody tell you you've went too far, you've been too bad. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I love Romans 5 and verse 8. It says, But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's that salvation plan that we keep talking about. God knew our our situation. He knew that after that happened in the Garden of Eden that every single one of us would be born with a sin nature. And that's his plan to send a Savior into the world to rescue us, to save us from our sin. So we don't have to hide our sin from God. That's the whole reason Christ came. He came to die for us because we needed him. And not just some of us need him. We all need him. Romans 3.23 said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I urge you to do that. And if you have, I urge you to take a good look at your life and make sure you're going in the right direction because this world is really easy to go in the wrong direction. We need to keep a close eye on our fruit, how, we're, how our relationship is with God, and how we're treating other people. And uh, just make sure that we're producing fruit that God would be pleased with. Uh, well, that's my message for tonight. And I hope that helps somebody to understand why sometimes we go through bad things. And I hope it gives us a new way to look at creation, too. That everything is there for a reason, for us to learn more about God. And it all points to his love for us and uh, helps us to change our lifestyle that leads us to him instead of away from him. But thank you all again for coming out tonight, and thank you for tuning in. If you're watching online, I'll say a prayer for us, and uh, we will be dismissed. Thank you all for coming out. Father, thank you again for the message that you gave me for tonight. God, I know it's, it's given me a whole new way to look at things. It's given me a whole new way to to participate in things. It's given me a whole new way to look at other people too, Father. A whole new way to look at eternity and a whole new way to look at our time while we're here. It even gives us a whole new way to look at history, God. Things began when you said begin and things will end when you say end. But we know your kingdom never ends, Father. And I just pray for everybody that's here and everybody that's listening that you will help us to make choices while we're here, while we are in this accepted time, so that we can end up in your kingdom with you for all eternity. And God, we just thank you for loving us enough to make a way for us to do that. And it's in Jesus Christ's holy name I do pray. Amen.